kids. It's 5.30. I've been up for a while. Hard to sleep. Since we moved into the master bedroom in the house, and the master bedroom has five windows, five of which need to be replaced, there's gaps at the top, like the window's literally falling out of the of the frame. And I'm very susceptible to noise. Noise is gonna wake me up, which is funny because I, uh, hang on one second. Shield. There we go. It's funny because <clears throat> when we, when you kids were little and we were going through the baby stage, lasted a little over half a decade. Uh, your your cries actually did not wake me up as much as it woke up your mom. But like, a little bird chirping is gonna keep me up. It's a bumpy road I'm going. So it's been lovely sleeping in that room. The room is enormous. It's the biggest room I've ever slept in. I mean, except for like a hotel, but it's a little crazy. And, and this past weekend, we worked very hard, me and your mom, and you guys too, to a degree, and moved the two older ones, the entrepreneur and the king, into your own room. Or no, sorry, the entrepreneur and the namesake. And the king and the spy are in their own room. And I think the king and the spy have more room because you guys are sleeping in that triple bunk bed. Your mom has this enormous stereo that she's always wanted. I... In my experience, and hopefully the entrepreneur doesn't do this, but in my experience, and I'll put a kibosh to it if she does. It's usually the older children that get the better stuff from the parents because they're they start to claim it before the younger kids know that things need to be claimed. You know, and your mom claimed this stereo from her maternal grandmother's house. The way the house would work is you would. You actually walk up the stairs to the second story. That's that's like the where they had the living area. The floor level was kind of like the basement. Your mom's grandpa actually rose it up himself. He was a very handy person, very go-getter. We'll talk about his life another time, and maybe I'll let your mom talk about it because she's more of the authority than I am should probably be wise on my part so the when you walked into this house it was pristine your great-grandmother kept it very pristine and you'd walk into to the left it would be a dining room table huge dining room table and then um, just behind it would be this enormous wooden like stereo system you guys already know you guys know what I'm talking about but that's where that thing would be and we had it in our room for a while 
and it's definitely it's at least 400 pounds at least it has a, a record player enormous stereos or enormous um, what's it called uh, speakers and your mom has always claimed it okay that's what the older children do they claim stuff my, my dad even talked about it how that's what older kids do um, so I've lamented this thing it was in our room the middle room for a while and it took me and your mom a, a good hour to figure out how we're gonna move it into your the uh, other room but even in moving it into the the room for the king and the spy it, you still have a ton of room in that in that in that place so I'm saying the word room this morning, or last night, I, I told the namesake, I was like, listen, can you please just not ask us to sleep with you at the beginning of the night? You could come to our room in the middle of the night, but just not at the beginning. Please let us just enjoy some time alone. And you were like, yeah, okay, Dad, I, I will. And we woke up this morning. You weren't in the bed. And instead, very sweetly, you went into your sister's bed, and you guys were cuddling. It was really cute. Really cute. I used to cuddle with my middle sister, Jen. She, um, she was the most like a sister to me. The oldest one was more like a mom, and the younger one was just horrible, and she owns that. I was not, I was no spring picnic either. I was probably a terrible little brother. Why am I saying all this? I don't even know. Some filler before I get to Pete's. We have a drive-thru over here. I wonder if it's even open. It's 540. I doubt it's even open. Let's see. Let's Google that. They still have Google? Pete's drive-thru. It says it's open. Maybe we'll get a a chai, you know. We're in First Kings. I'm gonna, I think, hopefully read 11 through 13. You know, I've, I've noticed the chapters in Kings, First Kings at least, are much longer than the chapters in in the last few. I think, and I think I've made that point while reading. Just an observation. That's all. Um, done with that McDonald's. We had McDonald's last night while you guys watched the movie Sonic 2. We got to bed way too late. But just had a ball with you guys. I really did. You know, one thing I do, I hope you guys catch on. One thing I do during the day is I'll walk through the room and I'll stop and I'll just kiss one of you on the forehead and just say I love you. I hope I hope that has meaning for you. Just love you guys so much. There's this place. I just forget how far down it is. Today you're back to school after a four-day weekend. And uh, I subbed a lot last week, but I think I may have touched on that last time we, I, I recorded. So. You guys are back. Today's Tuesday, so I'm taking the boys to school. 
your mom is riding bikes with the entrepreneur and uh, we have Bible study tonight so I'm gonna work a half day at the office and come home clean the house open. Oh, how about that? How about that? I think I'll just order something here. Maybe I'll drive to the ferry building and we'll read a few chapters and call it a call it a morning. Let's see. It's quarter to six. Sorry. Loud noises. It's funny. My, my friend texted me um, like around five responding to some text. And I sent him a question, we're like, wait, what are you talking about? And then he was like, <laughs> all of us were up, actually, at 5 a.m. It's funny. Funny to me, at least. Good morning, guys. Welcome to Pizza. Can I get started for you? Good morning. Do you guys have chai lattes? Chai latte? Yeah, we do. Can I have a large chai latte? Large chai latte? And is 2% milk working for you on that? Yeah, that's great. And you want that hot or egg? Uh, hot, please. Hot? Alright, large jam, that's hot. And what else for you? Oh, that's it, thank you. Alright, 565 is window. Alright. Thank you. At the order sign it says, please put on a mask, and I don't know where a mask is. You know, people want you to wear a mask, I'm gonna wear a mask. There are some exceptions to that. One of them is my own home. I will not wear a mask in my own home, sorry. But if I'm out and about, I think the general rule is don't be a jerk. There's been, I'll tell you this, you guys probably won't even remember the, the pandemic, but some people just adamantly refuse to do one thing or adamantly need you to do something else. And if people are comfortable with it, as long as it's not in my own abode, I'll do it. I don't, people are comfortable. I mean, I'm vaccinated just one of those things in our culture right now that are, you guys are probably going to miss as children. And you guys have been so polite. You guys wear your masks all the time at school. And I keep telling you, you don't have to wear it. I mean, there are kindergartners that don't wear their masks. And everyone's like, I'm like, great. I didn't wear my mask at all. One of the kindergartners told me to put a mask on. And I said, uh, no. And she said, but you have to, it's the law. And I was like, oh, honey, it's not. But thank you for asking me. Why don't you just stand six feet away? I won't cough on you. And then she drew a picture of me and said I was the greatest sub, sub in the world. So I don't know. So all I'm saying is, you know, just as a peek into our culture right now, which you guys might miss, masks aren't as a hot button topic as they used to be. It used to be like, you got to wear a mask everywhere, even outside. Oh, God forbid. You know, people give you dirty looks if you did not wear a mask outside in the, in the city we live in. This city, this city is kind of a bubble, kind of a very left-wing liberal bubble, which for a long time I drank the Kool-Aid. Lately, I have not. Okay, putting my mask on with the Aztec calendar on it. wonder who got this for me. Oh, no, I think it's your mom's. All right. There we go. Ah. I wonder what is going on in your time. Just give me a second. Sorry, this is 
working so hard over here. Always treat service workers with the highest form of respect, as if they're a CEO of the company you're working at. Always. It speaks volumes about your per your character on how you. Morning. Morning. I'm a large type latte. 565. Give it a second. Thank you so much. Thank Have you. Good day. You too. It speaks volumes about your character. How you treat people. Definitely. And I guess service workers aren't. Maybe they're not highly respected. They are for me. I used to be one. Long time ago, so. Growing up, and I apologize if this is repetitive, growing up my dad was never very gracious with service workers. They got a bunch of things wrong. Um, I love him to death, but and I, I'm sure you're going to have volumes of things to tell your kids that I messed up. This is one of the things he may have needed more work on. It's a good shine. It's a good shine latte. Um, <clears throat> we're living in a time where dialogue and discourse is replaced with, uh, let's see, um, how do I put this concisely? There's, there's no, no room for dialogue anymore because the, the mere fact of just questioning something is just so, such an insult because people now identify with their argument. And just in, in questioning that, you're questioning their identity as a human. I think so long as you don't deny someone's humanity, <clears throat> there's always room for dialogue. Like, let me look at our constitution. It used to say a black person had three-fifths of a vote. Okay? Or four-fifths. Um, you're denying their humanity there. There's no room for dialogue there. You're out of your mind. And, uh, I'm going to park at a parking lot over here in the mall. I'll read. But if you could at least accept that someone is a human, or, you know, they're a person, and give them dignity, but also say, okay, well, but what's this about? And I don't think I necessarily agree with this. 
we're now at that point where we're beyond that. And how dare you? And, and I have two close, very family, very close family friends going through this, and it makes me sad. That's all I'm going to say. Probably the two greatest people I know. So. I'm on my 74th episode of this podcast. It's the longest podcast I've ever done. I did one with my friend. It lasted 67 episodes, I think. Oh, this one will not... This one will not have as many subscribers. That one had like 5,000 subscribers. Every week. So, we're not going to get that much. No, we're not. Uh... This is a very good chai latte. Very good. Don't know what else to say. Right now I'm driving along uh, the uh, beach. Seeing... Uh, about to see whether it's high or low tide. This time of day I think it's low tide. Because I've ridden with your the entrepreneur to school. And it is... Yeah, it's low tide. A lot of people out there walking on the beach line. Today's Tuesday and Wednesday. We're going to Wednesday. We're going to uh, we're going to do our last beach field trip for the year, which should be fun. I'm excited for that. I'm excited. I. Um, and he, the spy, you know, he's going to be first grade next year, which I'm sad. He's really grown up. But I've always wanted to, and you'll have to look this up on Google, but I've always wanted to get a bunch of other dads together, which is hard because I don't like a lot of dads. I like, like, maybe one or two at the school. There's 400 kids. You do the math. But I've always wanted to recreate the beach volleyball scene from Top Gun at one of these beach um, things days so we will see I, you know it's too late it's tomorrow I am in the worst shape of my life that's a, why I'd probably make it really funny let me put a pause on this and uh, then we'll get to first first Kings chapter 11. I have not read ahead to see what we're reading. Sorry. Should... Oh, jeez, 20 minutes I've been talking. But we'll... We'll get into it. I'll read it. See in a little bit. I'm pausing it. All right. Just wanted to park. Need to send an email. Cancel an appointment. If you're hearing seagulls, that is... Oh, those are seagulls. I'm uh, close to the beach. Here we go. <clears throat> Not the sound of a Bible moving, or the you know the pages turning. Oh. <clears throat> 
chapter 11. Now, King Solomon loved many foreign women, along with the daughter of Pharaoh, Moabite, Ammonite, Edomite, Sidonian, and Hittite women, from the nations concerning which the Lord had said to the people of Israel, You shall not enter into marriage with them, neither shall they with you, for surely they will turn away your heart after their gods. After their gods. Solomon clung to these in love. He had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines, and his wives turned away his heart. For when Solomon was old, his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not wholly true to the Lord, his God, as was the heart of David his father. For Solomon went after Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. So Solomon did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and did not wholly follow the Lord as David his father had done. Then Solomon built a high place for the Chemosh, the abomination of Moab, and for Molech, the abomination of the Ammonites, on the mountain east of Jerusalem. And so he did for all his foreign wives who made offerings and sacrifice to their gods. And the Lord was angry with Solomon, because his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice, and had commanded him concerning this thing, that he should not go after other gods. But he did not keep what the Lord commanded. Therefore the Lord said to Solomon, Since this has been your practice, and you have not kept my covenant and my statutes that I have commanded you, I will surely tear the kingdom from you, and will give it to your servant. Yet for the sake of David your father I will not do it in your days, but I will tear it out of the hand of your son. However, I will not tear all away all the kingdom, but I will give one tribe to your son for the sake of David my servant and for the sake of Jerusalem that I have chosen. And the Lord raised up an adversary against Solomon. Hadad the Edomite, he was of the royal house of Edom. For when David was in Edom, and Joab the commander of the army went up to bury the slain, he struck down every male in Edom. For Joab and all the Israel and all Israel remained there six months, until he had cut off every male in Edom. But Hadad fled to Egypt together with certain Edomites of his father's servants. Hadad, still being a little child, they set out from Midian and came to Param and took men with them from Paran, and came to Egypt, to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, who gave him a house, and assigned him an allowance of food, and gave him land. And Hadad found great favor in the sight of Pharaoh, so that he gave him in marriage the sister of his own wife, the sister of Tepens, the queen, and the sister of Tepens bore him Jenubath, his son, whom Tepens weaned in Pharaoh's house. And Jenubath was in Pharaoh's house among the sons of Pharaoh, but when Hadad heard in Egypt that David slept with his fathers, and that what? But when Hadad heard in Egypt that David slept with his father, oh, that he died, and that Joab, the commander of the army, was dead, Hadad said to Pharaoh, "Let me depart, that I may go to my own country." But Pharaoh said to him, "What have you lacked with me that you are now seeking to go to your own country?" And he said to him, "Only let me depart." God also raised up as an adversary to him Rezin, the son of... This is like... <laughs> just reading these stories of Hadad and now uh, Rezin. It's, it's like watching a backstory of some Marvel villain or some Star Wars villain. <laughs> it's just like they're just getting ready to pounce. And I am for it. God also raised up an adversary to him Rezin 
the son of Eliad, Eli, Eliada, you know, I'm sure I'm saying that wrong, who had fled from his master, Hadadazer, king of Zobah, and he gathered men about him and became leader of a marauding band after the killing by David. And they went to Damascus and lived there and made him king in Damascus. He was an adversary of Israel all the days of Solomon, doing harm as Hadad did. And he loathed Israel and reigned over Syria. Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, an Ephraimite, and Zerada, a servant of Solomon, whose mother's name was Zeruah, a widow also lifted up his hand against the king, and this was the reason why he lifted up his hand against the king. Solomon built the millow and close, closed up the breach of the city of David, his father. The man, Jerob, Jeroboam, was very able, and when Solomon saw that the young man was industrious, he gave him charge over all the forced labor of the house of Joseph. And at that time, when Jeroboam, Jeroboam went out to Jerusalem, the prophet Ahijah, the Shilonite, found him on the road. Now Ahijah had dressed himself in a new garment, and the two of them were alone in the open country. Then Ahijah laid hold of the new garment that was on him, and tore it into twelve pieces. And he said to Jeroboam, Take for yourself ten pieces, for thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Behold, I am about to tear the kingdom from the hand of Solomon, and give you ten tribes. But he shall have one tribe for the sake of my servant David, for the sake of Jerusalem, the city that I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel. Because they have forsaken me and worshipped Ashtaroth, the goddess of the Sidonians, Chemosh, the god of Moab, and Milcom, the god of the Ammonites, and they have not walked in my ways, doing what is right in my sight and keeping my statutes and my new and my rules, as David his father did. Nevertheless, I will not take the whole kingdom out of his hand, but I will make him ruler all the days of his life, for the sake of David my servant, whom I chose, who kept my commandments and my statutes. But I will take the kingdom out of his son's hand, and will give it to you, ten tribes. Yet to his son I will give one tribe, that my David's servant may always have a lamp before me in Jerusalem, the city where I have chosen to put my name. And I will take you, and you shall reign over all that your soul desires, and you shall be king over Israel. And if you will listen to all that I command you, and will walk in my ways, and do what is right in my eyes by keeping my statutes and my commandments, as David my servant did, I will be with you and will build you a sure house as I built for David. And I will give, you, give Israel to you, and I will afflict the offspring of David because of this, but not forever. Solomon sought therefore to kill Jeroboam, Jeroboam. But Jeroboam arose and fled into Egypt to Shishak, king of Egypt, and was in Egypt until the death of Solomon. <clears throat> Now the rest of the Acts of Solomon and all that he did and his wisdom are they not written in the book of Acts of Solomon? A book in the book of the Acts of Solomon? And the time that Solomon reigned in Jerusalem over all Israel was forty years. And Solomon slept with his fathers and was buried in the city of David, his father. And Rehoboam, his son, reigned in his place. Oof. Let me take a step real quick. Let's see. It's good. <clears throat> Let's see, it's, it's six oh five, got plenty of time. <clears throat> Chapter twelve. 
Rehoboam went to Shechem, for all Israel had come to Shechem to make him king. As soon as Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, heard of it, for he was still in Egypt, where he had fled from King Solomon, then Jeroboam returned from Egypt, and they sent and called him, and Jeroboam and all assembly of Israel came and said to Rehoboam, Your father made our yoke heavy. Now therefore, lighten the hard service of your father and his heavy yoke on us, and we will serve you. He said to them, Go away for three days and come again to me. So the people went away. Okay. Then King Rehoboam took counsel with the old men who had stood before Solomon his father while he was yet alive, saying, How do you advise me to answer these people? And they said to him, If you will be a servant to the to this people today, and serve them, and speak good words to them when you answer them, then they will be your servants forever. But he abandoned the counsel of the old men <clears throat> that the old men gave him, and took counsel with the young men who had grown up with him, and stood before him. And he said to them, Keep that in mind, children. Oh, my Lord. He abandoned the counsel of the old men. And he said to the, to the young man, What do you advise that we answer this people who have said to me, Lighten the yoke that your father put on us? And the young men who had grown up with him said to him, and Let me just pause for a second. These young men are yes men, by the way. Just want to say anything he wants to hear. Thus shall you speak to these people who said to you, Your father made our yoke heavy, but you lighten it for us. Thus shall you say to them, My little finger is thicker than my father's thighs. And now, whereas my father laid on you a heavy yoke, I will add to your yoke. My father disciplined you with whips, but I will discipline you with scorpions. So Jeroboam and all the people came to Rehoboam the third day, as the king said. Come to me again the third day. And the king answered the people harshly, forsaking the counsel the old men had given him. He spoke to them according to the counsel of the young men, saying, My father made your yoke heavy, but I will add to your yoke. My father disciplined you with whips, but I will discipline you with scorpions. So the king did not listen to the people, for it was a turn of affairs brought about by the Lord, that he might fulfill his word, which the Lord spoke to Ahijah, the Shilonite, to Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. And when all Israel saw that the king did not listen to them, the people answered the king, What portion do we have in David? We have no inheritance in the son of Jesse. To your tents, O Israel, look now to your own house, David. So Israel went to their tents, but Rehoboam reigned over the people of Israel who lived in the cities of Judah. Then King Rehoboam sent Adoram, who was taskmaster of the forced labor, and all Israel stoned him to death with stones. And King Rehoboam hurried to mount his chariot to flee to Jerusalem. So Israel has been in rebellion against the house of David to this day. And when Israel heard that Jeroboam had returned, they sent and called him to the assembly and made him king over all Israel. There was none that followed the house of David but the tribe of Judah only. When Rehoboam came to Jerusalem, he assembled all the house of Judah and the tribe of Benjamin, 180,000 chosen warriors to fight against the house of Israel, to restore the kingdom of Rehoboam, the son of Solomon. But the word of God came to Shemaiah, the man of God, Say to Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, king of Judah, and to all the house of Judah and Benjamin, and to the rest of the people, Thus says the Lord, You shall not go up or fight against your relatives, the people of Israel. Every man returned to his home, for this thing is from me. So they listened to the word of the Lord and went home again according to the word of the Lord. Then Jeroboam built Shechem in the hill country of Ephraim and lived there, and he went out from there and built Penuel. 
And Jeroboam said in his heart, Now the kingdom will turn back to the house of David. If this people go up to the to offer sacrifices in the temple of the Lord at Jerusalem, then the heart of this people will turn again to their Lord, to Rehoboam, king of Judah, and they will kill me and return to Rehoboam, king of Judah. So the king took counsel and made two calves of gold, and said to the people, You have gone up to Jerusalem long enough. Behold your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. And he set one in Bethel, and the other he put in Dan. Then this thing became a sin, for the people went as far as Dan to be before one. He also made temples on high places and appointed priests from among all the people, who were not of the Levites. Excuse me. Gosh, he's so lost. And Jeroboam appointed a feast on the fifteenth day in the eighth month, like the feast that was in Judah, and he offered sacrifices on the altar. So he did in Bethel, sacrificing to the calves that he made, and he placed in Bethel the priests of the high places that he had made. He went up to the altar that he had made in Bethel on the fifteenth day in the eighth month, in that month that he had devised from his own heart. And he instituted a feast for the people of Israel and went up to the altar to make offerings. My Lord. It's not going to last for long. Oh, Jeroboam. Oh, so much folly. Chapter 13. And behold, a man of God came out of Judah by the word of the Lord to Bethel. Jeroboam was standing by the altar to, to make offerings. And the man cried against the altar by the word of the Lord and said, O altar, altar, thus says the Lord, Behold, a son shall be born to the house of David, Josiah by name, and he shall sacrifice on you the priests of the high places who make offerings on you, and human bones shall be burned on you. And he gave a sign the same day, saying, This is the sign that the Lord has spoken. Behold, the altar shall be torn down, and the ashes that are on it shall be poured out. And when the king heard the saying of the man of God, which he cried against the altar at Bethel, Jeroboam stretched out his hand from the altar, saying, Seize him! And his hand, which he stretched out against him, dried up, so that he could not draw it back on himself. The altar also was torn down, and the ashes poured out from the altar, according to the sign that the man of God had given by the word of the Lord. And the king said to the man of God, Entreat now the favor of the Lord your God, and pray for me, that my hand may be restored to me. And the man of God entreated the Lord, and the king's hand was restored to him, and became as it was before. And the king said to the man of God, Come home with me, and refresh yourself, and I will give you a reward. And the man of God said to the king, If you give me half your house, I will not go in with you, and I will not eat bread or drink water in this place. For so was it commanded by me the word of the Lord, saying, You shall neither eat bread nor drink water nor return by the way that you came. So he went another way and did not return by the way that he came to Bethel. Now an old prophet lived in Bethel, and his sons came and told him all that the man of God had done that day in Bethel. Say, hang on one second. Oh, they haven't named this guy the man of God. They just said it's man of God. They also told their father the words that he had spoken to the king. And their father said to them, Which way did he go? And his sons showed him the way that the man of God who came from Judah had gone. And he said to his sons, Saddle the donkey for me. So they saddled the donkey for him, and he mounted it. And he went after the man of God and found him sitting under the oak, under an oak. And he said to him, Are you the man of God who came from Judah? And he said, I am. Then he said to him, Come home with me and eat bread. And he said, I may not return with you, or go in with you, neither will I eat bread nor drink water with you in this place. For it was said to me, 
By the word of the Lord, you shall neither eat bread nor drink water there, nor return by the way you came. And he said to him, I am, I also am a prophet as you are. And an angel spoke to me by the word of the Lord, saying, Bring him back with you into your house, that he may eat bread and drink water. But he lied to him. So he went back with him and ate bread in his house and drank water. And as they sat at the table, the word of the Lord came to the prophet who had brought him back. And he cried to the man of God who came from Judah. Thus says the Lord, because you have disobeyed the word of the Lord and have not kept the command that the Lord your God commanded you, but have come back and have eaten bread and drunk water in the place of which he said to you, Eat no bread and drink no water. Your body shall not come to the tomb of your fathers. And after he had eaten the bread and drunk, he saddled the donkey for the prophet whom he had brought back. And as he went away, a lion met him on the road and killed him. And his body was thrown on the road, and the donkey stood beside it. The lion also stood beside the body. And behold, men passed by and saw the body thrown in the road, and the lion standing by the body. And they came and told in the sea where the old prophet lived. When the prophet who had brought him back from the way he heard of it, he said, It is the man of God who disobeyed the word of the Lord. Therefore the Lord has given him to the lion, which has torn him and killed him, according to the word that the Lord spoke to him. And he said to his sons, Saddle the donkey for me. And they saddled it. And he went and found his body thrown in the road, and the donkey and the lion standing beside the body. The lion had not eaten the body, or torn, torn the donkey. And the prophet took the body of the man of God, and laid it on the donkey, and brought it back to the city, to mourn and bury him. And he laid the body in his own grave, and they mourned over him, saying, Alas, my brother. And after he had buried him, he said to his sons, When I die, bury me in the grave in which this man of God is buried. Lay my bones beside his bones. For the saying that he called out by the word of the Lord against the altar, against the altar in Bethel, and against all the houses of the high places that are in the cities of Samaria, shall surely come to pass. After this thing, Jeroboam did not turn from his evil way, but made priests for the high places again, from among all the people. Any who would, he ordained to be priests of the high places. And this thing became sin to the house of Jeroboam, so as to cut it off and destroy it from the place, from the face of the earth. A lot of things to unpack there, and I'm going to unpack it as I drive home. So Gotta get ready for school. Um, the moral of the story is, and this is where we're getting into the really nitty-gritty part of the history, historical Israel, don't turn away from the Lord, one. Um, remember what the Lord has done for you. That's another thing. Throughout the Old Testament, you hear the Lord saying, Remember, I'm the God that took got you out of Egypt and cared for you in the wilderness. Remember. Remember the things God has done for you. I would suggest when you start listening to this podcast or if you get to this point, if you, if you get this far, pick up a journal and write down the things you know God has done for you. I mean, simple things. You know, just say, you know, gave me some amazing parents. I'm joking. Um, protected me in this situation where if I had not listened to my gut feeling, which is usually, it's almost always God, then I would have this repercussion, you know. Um, stuff like that. Uh, giving me friends. This one close friend or giving me this partner that I want to spend the rest of my life with. Those are big things, but there are little things too. I mean, the other day, you know, we got to forget what it was. Well, that's what I'm saying. And, and remember what God has done for you. The Israelites 
forgot all the things God has done for them. And so, why why would they honor God if they just purposely or even negligently forgot what God has done? Second thing I would advise you kids to do is get a mentor. It doesn't have to be me. You may be going into a profession or some type of work, maybe apprenticing. You'll have like a journeyman, like a master mentoring you. Don't just surround yourself with young friends who say things you want to hear. It's bad theology. You, you're going to want to befriend people that are older with life experience, real world experience for a couple reasons. Their wisdom in the things they messed up and also just in telling you that you may be worried about some things but it's not the end of the world. If they survived it, so can you. So perspective. Wisdom and perspective. I mean, they, they kind of bleed into each other. Another thing is God will hold you accountable. Just because, like that one prophet that, they didn't even name this man of God, but the prophet that lured this guy back, I, I, I don't know what was in his heart, but even men of God can be tricked by other men of God. That's another thing I want you to really consider. And the lens with which you check, okay, the lens, what you look through is the Bible. If someone, even in the church, and especially in the church, is telling you things that are not found in the Bible, that are in the Bible, then you need to run, not walk, run. If you're you're going to a church, one, if if you're going to a church, a Christian church, and they're not teaching the Bible, run. If someone's teaching something that is blasphemous, that is not in the Bible, and uh, run. Your mom and I, actually, when we were uh, younger, before we were married, we were just dating, we went to this retreat at uh, the Alliance Redwoods for this church group she was in. And it was kind of a peculiar group. They used, they, and I wouldn't, I used to think it was a cult. It wasn't. It was more of like a sect that was kind of led by this weird person. Who, um, so this place, this group of people, the church, how do I put it? This, I'm going to put in air quotes, this church was a group of people who only used the, the uh, what's it called, the Bible, the, uh, what's the Bible for, uh, recovery Bible. There's like a, there's a bunch of different types of Bibles, you know which I'll get to another episode, but they used the recovery Bible and they all got married at the age of 22. Anyone over 22, they were always married. They were, they would always bash other religions or other, um, not religions, not just religions, they would bash other denominations. And I remember I was having lunch at the place because they served lunch there. And they highly suggest you don't walk, don't have any private time. You always be with a couple other people, which is a red flag. And they wanted the, the 
men and women to eat separately. Well, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to meet separately. And I'm going to have some quiet time. There's a couple reasons why they did this, okay? Uh, the can't be alone because they it's a cult practice actually to prevent you from questioning things yeah so that's just I'll get more into cults in the next I gotta I got touch on cults you guys are gonna be dealing with them I think in, at least in college or at least at that college age well so your mom and I are sitting together at lunch and these people are just bashing Catholicism or something. Um, it's making me pretty mad because just because if you claim to be Catholic, that doesn't mean you're not a Christian. And I, I could go for hours on that. I'm not going to. I'm going to spare you that for now. But I told them, I, I kind of stood up to these people. It's the first time I really stood up to a religious leader. I said, I, what's the use of bashing other denominations? How, how does that help uh, the kingdom? Why don't you explain that? Because the more you bash them, the less credibility I'm going to give you for your understanding of this word, of the book, you know, or of the Bible. And I said, I, I can't listen to this. And I got up and I left. And your mom left with me. And she like, I, it's one of the first few times I think your mom has ever really looked at me in adoration. Like, wow, I'm very impressed with you. And so, um, that felt good. Don't do it all the time. Don't, you don't need to confront leaders all the time, but sometimes the spirit will nudge you. So, I mean, that's what I'm getting out of these chapters. Don't stray from the Lord. Solomon was a sex addict. Let's just call a spade a spade because his father was a sex addict. Don't know what Jesse was like. They don't say much about him. But I would I would suggest that you say I'm just rambling. Um, be with one partner only. Do not stray from the Lord. Listen to old people. Keep old people around you, at least a few to give you advice. Don't listen to yes men. These are the things I'm you know, I'm taken out of uh, first, first Kings. Oh, sorry, that's my backup thing buzzer. Um, and the final thing that I'm, I'm getting from from all that is don't don't assume religious leaders are in the right. They have human emotions just like everybody else, and they're not to be trusted a thousand percent. Okay. Anyways, but at the same time, the man of God was still held accountable. Okay, God still holds you accountable. What, depending, who cares who's tempting you? That'd be Satan or a religious prophet. Okay, um, your actions are your actions, and God will hold you to account, which is scary. So, so it's let's see, it's six thirty. Oh, I gotta get inside, get a shower, and get you kids ready. Love you, kids. Give your mom a call. Tell her you love her. Um, I love you guys. You're wonderful. And uh, can't wait to go inside and uh, hoot and holler at you guys to get you dressed and fed and out the door.
and in everything you do, do for the kingdom and the king. And oh, how I need your grace More than my words can say Jesus, I come Jesus, I come In all my weaknesses You are my confidence Jesus, I come Jesus, I come I will rise and stand
send me 